Welcome to Becoming Digitally Resilient. We are continuing our series focusing on the manufacturing industry. This is session number four. Today we talk about AI and manufacturing. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, by the way, producer and host. Let me tell you a little bit about our topic, then we will introduce our two special guests today. While there is a lot of hype around AI, and for those of you who have literally been living under a rock, that's artificial intelligence, AI, a lot of hype around AI in all aspects of manufacturing, there are some very real-world applications that lay the foundation for the ultimate AI use case of autonomous operations. Just let that sink in for a second. Today, I'm welcoming Reed Paquin. Reed, wave hello, please. And Kevin Prouty is back with us, and they're going to discuss AI and manufacturing and real-world applications, as I said. So welcome to everyone. Reed, you're new to this, seg- this segment, this session. We're so happy to have you. Please do me the honor of introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about your passion for AI and manufacturing. Reed Paquin, you're up. Sure. So hi, everyone. Um, my name is Reed. I'm a research director on the IDC Manufacturing Insights team, so part of Kevin's group. My program is Manufacturing IT Priorities and Strategies. It's a pretty broad program, but it looks at the technology investments that manufacturers are making. Obviously, AI is a, you know, an important part of that. Um, from a background perspective, I think that sort of links to where my passion relates to this is, you know, my background's within manufacturing. I was at GE prior to IDC, um, and I started out my career on the plant floor. Um, So regarding AI, I wouldn't say my passion is AI. It's more about manufacturing. And I think the conversation around the potential for AI to sort of transform the decision-making process within manufacturing and and sort of the implications is, is sort of where my thinking is here. Um, But yeah, that's just a quick background on, on me and sort of why I'm thinking about the topic. Thank you very much. And it is an exciting topic because we've been talking about AI and people don't quite know what to do with it, right? Read how to wrap their eyes. Is it going to do me out of a job? Is it going to make my life better? Is it going to get rid of all the problems with supply chain? Everything is happening in the world right now. So what will it solve? Kevin Prouty is back with us. Kevin, there might be a couple people in the world who don't remember you from a few segments ago. Would you please reintroduce yourself to those people? Go ahead, Kevin. Sure. I, uh, I'm the group vice president for Manufacturing Insights. So I, I run a lot of the uh, the operations here around how we do our research in manufacturing. And just to give you a little perspective, I used to be a plant manager for a very large manufacturing company. And as a plant manager, I would love nothing better than to have just AI running my plants. But that's probably not not the reality in my lifetime. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of lifetime, the two of you said you started out on the shop floor. Reed, there's been a lot. I don't know how old you are. I'm not even going to take a guess. But you've probably seen a lot of changes in that environment. Yes? What do you think? I would say yes and no. But I guarantee if I went back to the same plant that I was working at before, there'd be a lot of the same things going on. But I think it relates to sort of the topic that we'll be discussing today and sort of why maybe things are being held back a bit. Oh, very interesting. Kevin, quick comment on that. Would you agree with what Reed said? Yeah. In the end, you still have to make the product the way it's designed. And it's just a matter of how much human labor you have to put into it and how much uh, how much uh, consistency you're willing to put up with. Thank you very much. This is the part of the session where I have asked Reed, our lead speaker today, to send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show. And you picked a wonderful quote, Reed. The character is Inigo, I hope I'm pronouncing it, or Inigo Montoya, Spanish fencer. 
and henchman played by the wonderful one and only Mandy Patinkin, who has such an incredible career, speaking to the Sicilian criminal Vizzini, played by also a very wonderful, iconic actor, Wallace Shawn. The movie, of course, is The Princess Bride, 1987 American fantasy adventure comedy film. I love when they put that together. Fantasy event. Okay, yes. Adaptation of William Goldman's 1973 novel. And I'm not going to say what the word is, but here's the quote, and you can explain it. Read. The quote is, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Read. I have seen this quote before. and You just can't help but not smile. I've seen the clip. Read. What does this have to do with our topic? And tell everybody what the word is, please. Well, the uh, the word related to the quote is inconceivable. Um, it's a it's a the, you know the word that keeps being said by the one character uh, over and over again for different situations, and then you know Inigo Montoya eventually says that line. And I think it is a good it relates well to sort of the topic of AI as a whole. You could swap in AI, um, and I think it, you could hear a lot of similar things. If you asked five different people within manufacturing, what does AI mean? Um, to your business or to your company, I think you could get five different responses. Um, and I think that's part of the issue is while there's a lot of people talking about AI, especially on sort of the technology provider side of things from a marketing standpoint, um, it leads to a lot of confusion, uh, with especially within manufacturing. Um, and I think that's one of the issues is, is sort of the, the hype behind AI and sort of thinking from a long-term perspective, what could it do for the industry versus what's reality today? I think there's a pretty big gap um, in, in, you know, that that sort of hype is the reasoning behind it. Very interesting. I can just see Wallace Shawn saying that in the movie, artificial intelligence, AI, and them saying, I don't think you know what that word means. Very, very interesting. Kevin, any comments you want to make about this delicious quote? I can say that, Kevin. Yeah, I think uh, just getting back to uh, Reed's comment about the hype, we just did a recent survey of manufacturing executives and we asked them, you know, how critical is AI going to be in your manufacturing operations? And they all, I, I shouldn't say they all, it was close to 90% said it is a critical function for them. But then we asked them over the next two to three years, what type of implementations are you going to be doing using AI? Only 10% said they actually had an implementation going on. To me, that's a quantitative reflection of the hype around AI and the lack of understanding of what AI is and what it's capable of doing. Very interesting. I haven't heard this conversation about AI put quite in this frame of mind, and I'm appreciating that the two of you are shining a light on it. Reed, this is your topic. Let's talk about data, data, data. Data challenges, you say, are holding most manufacturers back in terms of AI. We're talking structured data, unstructured data. We're talking about new data, old data, data lakes, data swamps, data rivers. What kind of data is holding them back or all of the above? Yeah, I, all of the above. <laughs> I would go with all of the above. So I, I think that's one of the big reasons why. Why is there such a gap between sort of the hype and reality? Um, obviously, you know, from a marketing standpoint, you want to focus more on on sort of that forward looking view. But I think such a large gap. I think the reason why that exists is because of that de- the, the data issue, the challenges that so many manufacturers are running into. Um, and it could be, a, you know, a couple different reasons. It could be, a, you know, manufacturers just don't have the data. They're still, you know, there's an over-reliance on manual processes, Excel sh- spreadsheets, things like that. So, you, you know, you, it's just, you can't apply AI to that. Or there's a lot of data cleanup, data quality issues that have to occur first. Um, you mentioned unstructured versus structured data. That's that's an issue. But 
I think sort of data management as a whole is the big sort of problem that has to be solved before you can get to sort of that ultimate use case that you mentioned towards the end there of sort of, you know, autonomous operations. Um, without that data challenge solved, it's just, it, it's just not going to, you know, it's not going to happen. Okay. Kevin, thoughts? Agree, disagree? Um, I partially agree and partially disagree. I think Reed's right. There is a data problem, but I think the solution to the data problem, I think a lot of companies are kind of looking in the wrong spot. Instead of trying to fix the data problem, um, one of our clients, uh, and it's a, it's a public um, case study, uh, Georgia Pacific, we wrote a report about it. Instead of really focusing on fixing all their data, they decided to take kind of an end run around it and develop an AI uh, natural language capability that went out and found its own data and made its predictions based on that. And as it made those predictions and provided that insight, it was actually teaching itself where to go find other data. And I think that might be the approach for AI to really take hold in manufacturing is that instead of trying to fix this almost unfixable data problem, is use an AI that can work around that problem and provide, maybe it doesn't provide 100% of the insight if all your data was fixed, but hey, 80% gets you a lot further along than you are today. Ah, 80% does. That's an interesting number there. Reed, we talked in my, I talked in my opening about use cases, real world. Let's go there. What do you think? Sure. So I, I think this relates to Kevin, Kevin's point around where can you find value today while you start working towards that, that sort of data issue that so many companies are dealing with. From a manufacturing standpoint, there are operational areas where, where manufacturers are starting to use AI. Um, it's not you know, pervasive across the industry, but there's there's a couple areas where at least conversations I've I've been having they're they're showing up. I think one that's maybe a little bit focused, but um, an increased interest around the use of vision-based sensors and, and AI to to improve things like quality. Um, I think that's one where there's there's some fairly well-developed technology and use cases being applied today. I think the other big area where companies are 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 really starting to use it now is on the planning side of things. Um, an example would be if you're, you know, a food and beverage manufacturer, the weather plays uh, a role in sort of the demand for your products. So how can you start using AI to, to factor in uh, weather and to sort of planning out the production and, and the demand for your goods? Um, so I think from a, you know, those are really two, two areas where I'm seeing manufacturers really starting today around the quality piece and sort of that, that planning side of things. Thank you very much. Kevin Prouty, talk to me about real Use cases, reality, what's happening? Yeah, I, I think the the planning side is where it, it, it kind of naturally, um, the AI naturally moves to because there's been so much computing effort put into supply chain planning and production planning. I think another area that we see a lot of AI being applied is around asset management. That is maintenance, trying to predict when a machine's going to break. So you can actually address the issue before it actually goes down. So I think you know those two use cases are definitely um, the, the most important ones we see. I also think it's important to understand that what we see in AI has an immense opportunity and potential in manufacturing. So I think these little isolated use cases will eventually come together and grow into a more a broader application of AI across a manufacturing organization. Thank you. Gentlemen, we have just a couple minutes left, and I'm going to ask you for 
I know we didn't talk about this or plan this, but a crystal ball prediction, very specifically, you talked about there's so much question on what is AI really? What does it mean from manufacturer to manufacturer? How do you lay the foundation? How do you bring in the data? How do you use all the the right ways to apply it so it's beneficial long-term to manufacturing? My question is, a year from now, Reed Pack, when you're going first, a year from now, would we still be asking that question? Is there a firm definition? Have we narrowed it down? Have we solidified what it is so that manufacturers can move on to do more with it? Are they still going to be trying to figure it out? Reed, I'm going to give you a minute for your prediction. What do you think? Sure. I, I still think most manufacturers will be running into that issue. I think it's more of the, you know, the, the, the leading companies that are taking advantage of it now. Um, but I do think more and more progress is going to be made. As Kevin said, the, sort of those, some, some of those isolated projects are, are going to start expanding across um, into you know, full production. I think you're going to see more of that. And as more of those projects become successful, those, those more lagging manufacturers, I guess you could say, um, it, it becomes clear to sort of build that roadmap for them to start applying AI. So while I think it, just a year from now, a lot of what we're talking about may still apply. Um, it, it will be easier for manufacturers to sort of start that AI journey. Thank you very much. Kevin Prouty, you get the last word. What do you predict? One year, what uh, will we talk about? I think in a year, what you're going to see is a lot of manufacturing companies continue to accelerate building new organizations in their operations that are sp- focused specifically on digitization with a with a significant component of that being how do they apply AI, how do they work around their data issues. And we're already seeing it start to build up. But I think a year from now, you're going to see the majority of companies having those type of organizations. Thank you very much. I sense some optimism in them, Dar Hills. Thank you so much, Reed Paquin. I still love the quote you picked. It's just, <laughs> you could substitute any word. But Wallace Shawn is one of my favorite, interesting, very quirky actors. He's on uh, Young Sheldon, which is a spinoff from The Big Bang Theory. And when he speaks, you just think, what? So hearing him say, inconceivable, inconceivable, is just it's just wonderful. So we're going to substitute it, everybody. We're going to go back to the movie, The Princess Bride. We're going to have him say, AI, AI, and we're going to see where we go with that. Reed Paquin, it's been delightful and so informative meeting you. Kevin Prouty, the same. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Becoming Digitally Resilient with IDC Industry Thought Leadership. This was the final segment of our Manufacturing Insights Teams podcast, and there's a lot more coming. So stay tuned. Find us voiceamerica.com on the business channel. Look for the IDC Thought Leadership logo. Bye-bye.